back to the Mel K show. One of my favorite guests and yours, because I know that many of you people uh, now uh, not only know Charlie, have bought his book and follow him. He's expanding. Thank God we need his voice out there as much as possible. Thank you for joining me again, Charlie Robinson. Thank you for having me. Until we fix this world, you and I are going to keep talking every month. We're going to keep doing it and probably more than once a month. too. Yeah. No matter what. And I'm really excited. Uh, you have always been a champion uh, on the front lines way before people even realized that there were front lines, is my, in my opinion. I have uh, I do it every time I, in speeches. I bring you up often about because I, I think that if people do not understand the enemy, we have no chance. And, and we're at a place where it's becoming more and more clear. But and I always bring up your book, Octopus of Global Control, and then your manual that you didn't realize was going into effect right away, which was the Controlled Demolition of America, your second book. But we are in a really dangerous place right now, as far as I can see. And the uh, information highway is so polluted with so much garbage um, that I wanted to have you on and really just kind of hone in on where we are. You did an event last night in Denver. Denver is somewhere that has been, in my opinion, a front lines in the controlled demolition of America. Mm -hmm. So they are really seeing it in their faces where maybe the other people aren't. So let's talk first about uh, what you saw and what you think is uh, is happening. Yeah, the guys over at Liberty on the Rocks in Denver were nice enough to invite me to speak there. It was a packed house. Right. A lot of people feeling very uncomfortable about where things are, very uneasy. They're having a hard time talking to their friends and family about what they see. It's that COVID mentality, but also just sort of like it's extended. There's now a barrier between um, them and and people close to them that they used to be able to talk about these things. They, they're now not very welcome uh, to to talk about uh, whether it's medical procedures or whether it's this impending election that we've got coming up in less than a year or whether it's the economy. A lot of people are in denial. This group that I spoke to is not. They're, it's a bunch of um, libertarian-leaning people, and uh, they want to be left alone. They believe that they are better at running their lives than the government is at running their lives. I think we would all agree that that yes. is it, but you know, that's a, that's a fact, but the difference is these people are willing to take responsibility for their own actions to the extent that they can. They'd love the government to be out of their way. Whereas a lot of the sheep out there want the government, daddy government to come save them from something. And so the problem is like when you, when you beg for government, you get it and you yeah. get government issued uh, help. You get government schools, you get government thinking, you get government indoctrination, you get government money, you get all the government stuff. And it's just a, it's a one size fit. Think of like a prison jumpsuit that doesn't yeah. fit anybody, right? You get the, you get the governmental prison jumpsuit that doesn't fit you because it's just made for an average size person or whatever. And, um, and I think that a lot of people are tired of this and they don't want to uh, be beholden to the government to, to figure out their problems. So it's refreshing to see the people that that uh, that I talked to. I hung out afterwards. I talked to them beforehand. A lot of the people I kind of mingled around. Then I spoke for 45 minutes and then wow. I did about a 45 minute Q&A after that. Wow, cool. And then I hung out and just talked to the people that that wanted to. I had books. We were signing books. We were talking about uh people were giving me book suggestions i was writing down i've got all these books written down they gave cool. me a suggestion Good. on a on an author to, to reach out to i just reached out to him this morning i took a look at his website and went whoa where's this guy been all my life you know i need to i need to talk to him so 
we're networking. We're doing it in person now. It's great to do it digitally. I'm going to do it digitally. I'll do it however we need to do it. I'll either in written books or in person, speaking at an Arcapulco, speaking at Liberty on the Rock, speaking at, uh, at, at Free World NYC in New York for 9-11. I'll go where I need to go to get the message out because then at least I will feel as though I am, I have done everything I can do. Right. And I think yeah. that that's a, that's a, that's an important feeling to have. It's like you just throw your hands up and go, well, I, I did what I could do to, to, to bring about this. But I find, Mel, that a lot of people are aware that there's a huge problem. They might not be able to put their finger on exactly what it is, but if it, everything feels a bit artificial and, and the messaging is, is nonsensical and the wars that we're trying to convince ourselves that we need to get into don't really make sense. And, and, and the president doesn't seem like a president and the, and the Congress is, is look, it seems extremely captured and people just look around there. Is everything fake? I mean, the white house is fake. It's like a soundstage somewhere. It's kind of an embodiment of where America is right now. It's just a, it's like fake culture, and I, and I'm sick of it. And I think that there's there are some solutions though. So that's the good news is that this isn't over. We still have time to turn it around. There's still a lot of people that care very much about this country that want to see it uh, succeed. And we have to find those people and elevate them and and silence these lunatics in the mainstream media that are trying to get us to believe complete nonsensical garbage so yeah. i'm i'm fired up and pissed off kissinger died since we last spoke i know <laughs> finally some good news <laughs> you know what i mean well it also so, showed uh you know i saw a lot of people saying um he was my friend and i'm like oh god you know her too you know do you not know do you, what is going on here but it is good and and i think it's really important i say this all the time and uh, you do have to get together in person. And, you know, I have a book coming out that's all about neighborhoods and communities and building communities. And scarily enough, I mentioned this on our other show. Uh, Charlie and I do a really important show every other uh, um, Monday. He's one of the main guys. I pop in and out. And I have to tell you, it's it's important. Union of the Unwanted, it's called. Uh, you can find it on Charlie's website and on their own website. But it's really important that you talk to people that you think you don't agree with. Because what we are finding out more and more as time goes on in our microcosm and that Charlie and I are finding out when we show up in real life even more is that people do know something's wrong. There are way more things we do agree on than we disagree on. And more than anything else, people are starting to realize that we can't vote our way out of this. This is not a situation where that is. This is really about the American people uh, not really taking full responsibility, not making it our duty to protect this nation as 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 given to us and allowing piece by piece our liberty to be taken away, whether it's through some new, uh, you know, measures. And I hate when they put out these resolutions saying that, you know, we're going to we're we resolve that this is unacceptable or we condemn this or that. And I'm like, who are you? You're 535 people that have no business speaking for us. When's the last time that you went and talked to your constituents at home? I don't even think these people should live in D.C., I think they should have to live where their constituents are. And there's a lot that can change. Um, there are a lot of things out there going on that I think are um, really, really important for under everyone to understand, which is what we can do. Because what I am seeing more and more is a 
pull on um, trying to take away our guns uh, is getting more and more uh, radical. On top of that, we saw Dick Durbin on the ground days after he he refused to allow the Epstein files out and then denied it um, on the ground, saying that he likes the idea with other with 20 other Democrats. I guess they're not Democrats, really, but they're captured uh, puppets uh, that they would like to put the illegals into service as our military. Um, four states are talking about allowing illegals to serve as police officers. Um, this is a very dangerous, slippery slope for you and I who have watched color revolutions and responsibility to protect. On top of that, this week, the U.N. put out a report about human rights in America and how much we're failing. And uh, obviously, they're, they're about the guns and they're about abortion and they're about LGBTQ+. But they also said that our, our Constitution is basically outdated and needs an update. Uh, your thoughts on, on those ma major uh, polls uh, of tyranny? Yeah, when I saw Dick Durbin's uh, comments, I thought, oh, now I get it. Now I understand what's going on. We have 71% of Americans that are ineligible to serve in the military due to uh, obesity, criminality, or stupidity. They are ineligible. So we have young fighting age men. They keep saying that term, fighting right. age men. They, they're coming in. It's almost like they're being made to come in, wink, wink. And so here they come in and they're they're being given this, this option or at least proposed this option where you would get citizenship in exchange for joining the military. Now, this is – I've always said that my line in the sand uh, of in terms of when I get the hell out of America is if – I see blue helmets uh, from the United Nations, their troops in uh, on American soil in, in some sort of peacekeeping, uh, air quotes, um, role, because you know that they will have no problem shooting Americans. Now, American soldiers that grew up in America shooting other Americans, that might be a bridge too far. But if you find you, maybe we split the difference here. Maybe it's American soldiers that didn't grow up in America. That don't have that sort of moral hangup where they can't shoot another American that that looks like them or whose kids play soccer with their kids or whatever. This this is uh, one of the the components of this mass immigration that I'm starting to think might have um, much different agendas besides just swinging Democratic states or stuffing ballot boxes or whatever. It might have an even more evil component, which is to put them into the military in exchange for citizenship and then turn them against Americans and use them as the uh, as the roundup force, as the brown shirts that come in and and take everybody away to be resettled in the east in boxcars or whatnot. So it this is how it starts. You know, you look back on history and you go, they did this, then they did that, right. then they did this other thing, and then and then you wound up with tyranny. And if you look at where we are right now, we're just we're just watching it play out in real time. We're watching the steps happen. And you say, well, you flood flood America with 7 million people from the Southern border that you're not, you're not keeping any track of. Mind you, when I fly internationally and come through any of the airports, it's a full body cavity search. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, who are you? What are you? Let me see your passport. Look into this camera, all these things. So I get the, you know, I get the, the, the treatment, but everybody in the Southern border, they just get uh, walked right in and look, the general public sees this. They understand this is, this is incompatible with, with sanity. 
in right. logic and reason. You so so it must be for some other reason. It must be because they have a plan for these people. And so I I worry about that in America, but it's not limited to America. Of course, you know right. this is happening in Western Europe, and 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 it's a destabilization process. It's part of uh um you know what they would call a great replacement theory. This is uh you know homogenize the population and force these people in that don't. That don't integrate well, and uh, and Germany's having problems with this. Sweden's having problems with this. The UK is having problems with this, and and of course in America it hasn't really started yet because we've been kind of a melting pot for a while. So it's it's kind of hard to notice when when a bunch of new people show up necessarily. But but it's coming, you know. Unfortunately, it's coming. It's on the schedule to come. The question is, is it coming? For this election cycle, are they trying to lock everybody down and 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 ram things through while they can, while they still have Biden, or, or do they think that the something in twenty twenty four is going to happen, which will give them another four years in order to to put this plan into place? If that's the case, then um, then you know we we've got we've got to keep our eyes open because I think that they they are they are making moves and they're not telling us what they are and it's up to us to kind of put the pieces together. Yeah, a shocking tactic lately, and and you're no uh, you're no cheerleader for Donald Trump back in the day, but everyone's got to be honest right now. You know, uh, no matter what you think of Donald Trump, uh, in one way or another, these globalist oligarch billionaires that have captured our nation will do anything that's necessary to make sure that he is not in office again, uh, breaking all our laws. Uh, you know. But there has been a lot of rhetoric lately, and you're really good at deciphering propaganda and this kind of mind control. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure you've seen it. Not just uh, uh, Kagan, of all people, puts out a op ed that Trump's going to be a dictator. And that's Victoria Newland's husband, the former head of NATO uh, or one of the guys in NATO. But uh, and PNAC. Uh, but he puts out a whole thing. Then we're seeing it one after another. So every one of the Intel controlled uh, media outlets are putting out. He's going to it's going to be revenge. It's going to be this. They're putting out his, his proposed cabinet, which I assure you has not been released. So anywhere you're seeing that, it's B.S., um, all of this stuff about Trump's going to be a dictator. That, I mean, Hillary Clinton, every what do you make of this? This is just like reminds me of the Transition Integrity Project we did talk about when Whitney was on um, your show, Union of the Unwanted, before the 2020 election, almost six months before that. We were talking about Transition Integrity Project, and it was the same thing. It was this march of Trump's not going to leave office. Uh, when he loses, that came months before, and people were like, "What are you talking about? He's not going to lose." And then, you know, hello. Well, what do you make of this now? He's going to be a dictator. Nonsense. Well, it's classic projection, of course, on their part. They're the dictators. Robert Kagan is a scumbag. Robert yeah. Kagan is behind nine eleven. I mean, he he was Project for a New American Century, um, American Institute, American Enterprise Institute. He's he's he is he is the bad guy. You know, in yeah. that whole group, those are the bad guys. Now, they view Trump. And, and again, like you said, I, I, no matter how I feel about Trump, that's just a, it's like a personality type thing. I, I don't really dig his personality. And I think he made some mistakes on the vaccines, but we share common enemies. Yeah. And that's the mainstream media and these lunatic uh, PNAC people. And so I do like the idea of him coming and settling some scores with these people, because let's be honest, they need it. They need yeah. to be dealt with. And and I think that he was for as worldly and for as 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 long as he's been on on, you know, it, around the block as many times. He was surprisingly naive. 
to how Washington works. And I think that comes from that almost isn't even really so much his fault. It's just he didn't have enough time in Washington. If he had been a guy that, you know, made a bunch of money in in New York real estate and then became a senator and was a senator for eight years and then became the president, that would be different. He went straight into the top. He got inserted right to the top. And I think a lot of people were resentful of that. I don't think they liked him jumping, you know, leapfrogging past them. He certainly they certainly didn't like uh, the, him knocking out their 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 favorite person, Hillary Clinton. Right. So there's a lot of resentment. And of course, I take it back to to one of the quotes from the Octopus book with Newt Gingrich talking about how it's saying in, in 2016, I think it was uh, it was right after Trump had been elected, but before he had been actually he had actually taken over um, the White House. Gingrich said Trump's going to have a hard time. He's going to have a real hard time in Washington, D.C. because he's not part of the secret societies. And I thought, ooh, that's interesting. So so he's not in that club. He's in some other clubs and he's and he knows these people. But an, an unfettered Trump coming back with revenge on his mind and, um, and and a score to settle with these people, it would be fun to watch because yeah. uh, they certainly need it. Uh, but. We'll the see. Lie, I mean, it feels honestly. like yeah, the lie, Charlie, is that he's coming for revenge for himself. I don't think so. I think it's we, the people of the United States, that need some accountability, some retribution, some transparency. All the way back to JFK forward, you know, it's like one at one crime after another, after another, cover up after cover up. All these people. Something also that you talk about in Octopus, which is very important to understand here, are. Our country is being run, if, if not by this globalist billionaire oligarchy that's that's funding all the NGOs and everything. We got these think tanks. We got these uh, lobbyists. Lobbying should be illegal, in my opinion. Uh, we got these uh, opaque, uh, you know, packs. And then on top of that, we don't even know who's writing these bills. And a lot of them, I'm sure, are written by people that benefit. I don't think the American people are coming into the debate at all. In D.C., I don't think that this D.C. model is really salvageable, but is there a, a way what what I hope is that they start dismantling a lot of these agencies? But what do you see? So let's say, um, you know, whatever happens, happens. Trump gets back in there. What would you want to see then for him to do? Um, I would like for him to. I would like for him to dismantle the FBI. That would be my first, but I, the 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 almost the entire Justice Department. I would I would take a axe and a scalpel to that. I would start cutting agencies out. I would disband the Department of Education immediately. They are a waste. I would uh, I would probably arrest everybody at the Federal Reserve for treason. I would arrest the sea level management of the CIA. And the FBI immediately. I would hold trials. I would store these people somewhere where they had, they, where they were out of the out of the loop. I would go scorched earth if I were Trump. And I'll tell you what, he's got two choices: go scorched earth or get himself blown up in an airplane because they will take him out because they they view him as an existential threat to their world order. Uh, when they, or to their democracy, they always say this is a threat to exactly. our democracy. When they say our democracy, they mean their democracy. They don't mean a, a yours and mine. They mean that it means something totally different. I would, I would all of those people that um, in in Congress, I would. Uh, oh, I mean, just for fun, everyone would be getting an audit. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, frankly, I wanted to shut the IRS years. down. Yeah. 
Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, if I, I couldn't also think the that IRS these people down, should I... have to move back to where their constituents are. I don't think that the five richest oh, yeah. counties in America should be surrounding D.C. I think that's a real problem. Uh, it, it it was never how it was meant to be. It was always meant to be that you live where you live and you go and you, you live with your people and they you know what they need and you know what they want. And not just every election season, but 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 that's where that's where you are. And and you would go to Washington, D.C. sort of almost against your will and you'd spend a couple of weeks there and do your business and then come back. Um, well, you see what happens when they come back now. Right. You see what happens when AOC goes back home to New York. They line up and they hate her. They're right. screaming at her. And she says she says, well, look, you know what? I don't I'm, I'm, I'll I'm just, just telling dance. you right now. I'll just dance. I'll yeah. just dance. Yeah. Yeah. So so this is. The, the the there there's a lot of things that that are easy to fix uh, right at the top. I think Trump could probably uh, make some some huge headway if he started arresting some people. And, and again, people say, "Well, there there you go. He's being a dictator." No, no, they're the ones doing this to right. him. This is exactly. this is this is this is just how you have to deal with these people. You can't negotiate with with the 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 head of the FBI. You there's no negotiation. The only negotiation is that you round that guy up in the middle of the night and you put it on CNN like they did with everybody else and you start the show trials. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? And, and well, people will say, oh, here we go. He's being a dictator. What do you want him to do? Like what you want him to just sit around and pretend like mistakes were made. You want him to, to say to say lock her up, lock her up. Yeah. And then not and then not and not do anything about it. No, it, I think that. A Trump that is angry and vindictive, as he often is, and 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 feels like he's going to, you know, he feels like he was wrongly, you know, pushed Everything. out of office and then Everything. criminalized. And, and then and you, can, you see these trials, the trials that they you want to talk about show trials. The show trials are happening right now with Bad. Donald Trump, you know, inflating your real estate value and assets and all these. This is nonsense. This is just stuff to to muddy up the waters. And he's luckily he's got money to fight it, because if it were just some guy who happened to get elected or some do-gooder that got elected to president and 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 had maybe a couple million bucks, but didn't have, you know, a couple hundred million bucks, he'd be lawfared out of this. Yeah, you know, he'd be, in, he'd be incarcerated. So yeah. so at least he's got the financial capacity to to do this. And and they better be very careful with him because he for what he you know, they can say what they want about the guy. He gets attention and he gets people to listen to him. And if he has something to say, there's going to be a sizable percentage of the population that will listen to him. And so it's going to be interesting. I I don't know that they're going to be able to keep him off of the ballots in all of these states. I, I know that so. some of those challenges have already been thrown away. Right. It seems very desperate. It, it seems very weak, to be honest with you. I agree. Oh, I hope you're enjoying the show. I was just talking on my new Patriot mobile service. I have to tell you, I'm so excited. They are incredible. They are America first. They they align with my values. And you know what? It's unlimited minutes, unlimited text, Wi-Fi calling, unlimited data, high speed, everything that you could use, just like everyone else. We have our time, we have our vote, and we have our money. And the great thing about Patriot Mobile is your service will be exactly the same. Difference with Patriot Mobile is they are an America first company. And what they do is they reinvest their money into causes that matter to me and matter to you and matter to this nation. At Patriot Mobile, those causes are the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, life, 
liberty, the pursuit of happiness, the constitution, and our children's future. So please go to the MelKShow.com. Patriot Mobile is a partner of ours. Please use the code MelK. What I can tell you too is that they are supporting me and they are supporting creators because they believe in the First Amendment. They believe that censorship is wrong and they are going to put their money where their mouth is. Do what you can for the creators out there that are doing what I'm doing. Please go to Patriot Mobile, Mel K Show. All I can say is thank you so much, guys. Supporting my partners supports me, and Patriot Mobile is absolutely awesome. I checked them out. We're switching to Patriot Mobile, and we hope you do too. Thank you so much. I think why not let him lose? If you guys think that he's so bad, then let the American people decide. All your dirty tricks, all of this. And the truth is, you know, it's funny. I was watching some of this stuff. I can't believe, you know, I had to flee basically New York, New York City. But to believe that they are have him for this. And a couple people got on the stand recently. I think one from HSBC, another bank that gave them loans, whatever. Not only were they were they saying that they get to choose who they give loans to. They're private banks. Uh, and it's not, it, there was no victim, but that they benefited from giving Donald Trump loans and they would do it again. They, there's already been like three people that got on the stand and basically said that. Yeah, somebody recently was on the stand saying that, that, that you're saying Mar-a-Lago is worth that. It's the president's place. It's been a historic spot for for hundred years. It's a beautiful, it's also a private club. It's also a place that has weddings and all this other stuff. It also has multiple rooms and houses you can rent on the property. I mean, like, it's just so crazy. And, and uh, you know, but what I'm seeing too is what's very strange are these judges. And, and this is a big problem. And you and I know this all over America, these judges, some blackmailed, some bribes, some just ideologues, whatever. They're making a lot of moves in these cases, especially with Jack Smith, uh, the Chutkin case, uh, the documents case. I'm sure you saw they're not going to charge Joe Biden with anything with his documents at all, uh, dropping that. Um, also, the case in New York, the, the judges are manipulating a lot of law that I think could be used against the other guys. So when they're saying he has no presidential immunity uh, and Navarro and, and Bannon and all these guys can be held can be held responsible and thrown in jail because they wanted to stand by will he has presidential immunity. Now we have the other thing where now you can sue him uh, civilly for nine for um, for uh, January six if you were harmed. So isn't the it's at, these judges, especially, they scare me the most because them and like Karine Jean-Pierre and some of the Intel people that work on CNN, Weissman and stuff, they're speaking as if they know that they are winning 2024 already, no matter what, because then why would they be doing stuff that will hurt their guys if ever there was a, another side to this? They're arrogant. They don't think they'll lose. Yeah, you're right. They, they're acting as if they've got 2024 wrapped up. Maybe they do. Maybe there's something we don't know. But but if they don't, they're making a big gamble here because, like you said, this is they're gonna they're gonna set this up so that they can be prosecuted in the same way that they're going after after Trump. And if you think if you think Biden is vindictive, wait till you see an angry Donald Trump that doesn't have to worry about getting reelected another time. And uh, and and if and we see like almost right on cue, them all starting to say the same words. He you know once he's in office, he'll never leave. Um, you know, I don't really worry about that. I, yes. I don't. Uh, uh, I, I, I that's not a concern of mine, but uh, I am concerned. Look, I've spent I have 25 years experience in real estate and in uh, been a broker in California and right. in Las Vegas and have an running real estate brokerage in Las Vegas and have agents working underneath me. So I know a little bit about appraisals and that is a fraudulent appraisal on Mar-a-Lago. 
not even questionable, not debatable. It's straight up fraud. And appraisers are, are they're very subjective in some respects. But uh, but when you take a look at the surrounding properties, you did, that took I took one look at that and I went case dismissed. It, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, you don't even it shouldn't have even it shouldn't have even gotten where it is. And that just shows you the level of criminality and cooperation inside the judicial branch as well. So so they fear him. Um, and part of these, you know, part of the people, the the judges, the lawyers that are going after him, the attorney generals, uh, they are they they see him, they personally despise Donald Trump. Exactly. And, and they don't hide and, it, which, and so, which shouldn't be, you know. They don't right. they and when you're when you're the judge and your wife is posting uh things about Trump and you you know you in your you know that should never happen if you you would want I would think that they would want I would think that that judge would say something like to his wife don't do that we don't want to give this guy any technicalities to slip out of this uh this noose that we're tightening around his neck and you doing this and acting crazy and Letitia James sitting there staring at him and 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 the judge smiling and then sending selfie half naked selfies of himself to people and everything you just go what are you guys doing this is a such a a, a circus like environment i would have you know if you really want to put him behind bars you better make sure that everybody is buttoned up on your side. You better make sure that you have that it doesn't look like a witch hunt, you know. But of course it does because it is. And that's and that's just it's obvious to people. So after, you know, maybe one trial, okay, fine. But just multiple trials happening over and over again. You know what it does? It wakes up the normies. It wakes up the people that are sort of indifferent to Trump. They go, I don't really care one way or the other about him, but boy, they sure are going. They sh it sure seems really crazy what they're doing. Like they're really going after him and for some nonsense too, you know. So, so they're 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 not playing this smart. The Democrats are not playing this very well because they're going to wake up a whole batch of people and they're going to say, "Ooh, you guys are disgusting. Your tactics are stupid and 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 really criminal." And frankly, maybe we should dig into your backgrounds uh because right you seem like you you want Trump in prison not because he broke the law but because he hurt your feelings or something. It's really it's yeah. a strange thing. I've never seen anybody I've never seen a a figure so polarizing in in American politics than Donald Trump. But I, I kind of like the the bull in the China shop because I want the China shop rattled a little bit. Yeah. I want those people scared. And they yeah. they should be. And in 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 Mel since since um since uh, I did an episode about Henry Kissinger, and it brings me back to um, this this uh, this story that Chris Hedges is telling, and he's telling he's telling it about the uh, it's like the late uh, mid seventies, and uh, they're in the White House, and it's it's uh, it's Nixon and Kissinger, and they're in in the Oval Office, and they're looking out the windows, and there's been a lot of civil unrest in Washington D.C., and they've put buses end to end all the way around surrounding the White House just to keep people back. And and Kissinger is looking out the window and he's rubbing his hands and he's going, or uh, I'm sorry, Nixon is looking out the window and he's saying to Kissinger, Henry, they're going to get us. They're going to climb over the walls and they're going to get us. And, and what Chris Hedges says is that that is exactly where you want these people. You want them to feel as if we're going to come get them. And in the, in the ever since Nixon, you know, I don't feel that way. 
I don't feel like the presidents feel that there are any repercussions. You can right. you can you can do everything that George H.W. Bush did. You can you can you can do all the them. all the criminality that Bill Clinton was involved in. You can start wars like Bush did. You can drone bomb, bomb U.S. citizens like Obama did. You can shred the Constitution. Where where are the show trials for these people? They don't get it. Where's the the fear that they're going to you know that the people are going to come over the walls and get them? The only thing they're that they're going to get is a Netflix deal. Yeah, you know, exactly. like Obama did. Yeah, let's um. Now you uh, you're a big solutions guy. Uh, you're also very proactive. You're also a, a long term. Uh, be prepared, prepare, don't be stupid, yeah. uh, honest, honest uh, person out there. You know, it's funny. I was saying uh, we were talking, we brought up, you brought up um, predictive programming. I do shows on it sometimes. And uh, I have to tell you, I am watching the full court press on trying to take our guns away. And it just so happens at the same time, I had never seen it. And I started to watch from beginning to end. I'm in se episode seven of Walking Dead. And I have to tell you right now, there is no way in hell I would ever give up my gun. And and the truth of the matter is, this isn't about guns. This is about community. Because what I what I learned in this by by comparing it, I think that it was released. And like I said, it was running as the second most watched show during the lockdowns, which is scary as can be, because that is Netflix manipulating people. Number one was Contagion, a movie from 2012 by the same people that did um. Uh, you know, uh, the, the Al Gore movies and stuff, you know, like I get, oh, I yeah. get these guys are world economic truth. forum people and all that bottom line is that what it showed though, was when desperation comes and, you know, whatever we have, we, uh, Sheriff Lamb yesterday said they're fly that they're not even, they don't want to go to the cities anymore when they come through and they're given a plane ticket wherever they want. They're given a cell phone from the government. They're giving a $5,000 card visa filled up. And they're asked where they want to go. And more and more, it's rural America, uh, more and more and more. So what I see when I'm watching this and I see this one group, the original group, and then they, you know, they, they're getting more and more vicious and violent, but it's not because they're getting more vicious and violent. People are getting more and more desperate. And then every time that they build up one community and they put up walls and they're, it's, it's going along just fine, you're just waiting for now it's the humans that are coming to kill the other humans, to take their stuff to survive themselves. And it's it's like one after another, after another. And all you're thinking is not that we're, we're going to get to that place, but I, the predictive program of that show totally reversed for me. I just keep thinking, well, you know what? God forbid something happens. I don't know if sheriffs around this country have plans for their neighborhood or their community. I don't know if people are getting together. A friend of mine said that the family that she was talking to, they have a ranch, they have 10 acres, they have 12 family members, they have guns and ammunition and whatever, they're ready for whatever down near the border. And it's like, it's not enough. You kind of have to have to get a, a plan for your whole community. And we got to start, like you talked about meeting in person. I think it's really important too. But I, I think we have to be, you, you've been talking about it for years. I've been talking about it for a long time. I used to think preppers were nuts and now I think they're geniuses. But let's talk about that. Like, yeah, we are at a place where we brought up earlier cops and military suggestions of them being uh, illegals. Uh, but then again, supply chain, everything's coming at once. So what are some solutions for locally and in general? I, I made a comment last night at that presentation that I owe the preppers an apology because they were right. And I and I we laughed at them because we thought they were kind of nutty and maybe they are. But they're they're right. You need to be thinking proactively. This is the relative calm before the storm, right? So 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 I would tell people, you know, listen, local sheriffs, super important. 
because yeah. things change from county to county and your sheriff, the sheriff here might feel differently than, than what the governors f- feel. And, and, and it comes down to enforcement really, yes. you know, they can pass all the laws that they want, but if, it, if, if somebody is unwilling to enforce it, then, then it doesn't really matter. That could be a good thing or that could be a bad thing too. So it just kind of depends, but getting to know people in your community. Last night was great for me to get to, to meet all of these people. I, I had uh, people give me information as to who to speak to in the community to get beef, unvaccinated beef, you know, beef that yeah, isn't, hasn't sure. gone through that process. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, give me that, you know, give me that name and number, yeah. you know, let me get that. Uh, connecting with people. I think also, and I say this often, and I will continue to say this because I think it's really important in the short term for people. You got to reevaluate the relationship that you have with your bank too, because these banks are insolvent and 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 the FDIC is not coming to save you. I, I hate to break it to people. They have 2% of all deposits on hand and the 2% that they have is invested in bonds that they were buying back when they were one or two or 3%. And now with, with yields at 7%, those bonds are basically worthless. So you've got a, a, an insolvent banking system. You've got an insolvent backstop to the banking system. You've got a banking uh, relationship where your bank hates your guts, by the way. Go try to withdraw. If you've got a lot of money in the bank, it's a good problem to have, I suppose. But if you go go try to go tell them you need $15,000 in cash out right now, see what they do. They'll tell you they don't have it. They'll tell you it'll take a while. They'll ask you what you need it for. You know, they'll ask you a bunch of questions. Yeah. They'll make you feel uh, if you want to send a wire transfer, that's a that's an abnormal uh, deal for you. Like you don't normally send wires, but all of a sudden you you need to send a wire transfer. I know this from personal experience. Me too. Me too. Just I recently. get a call from the I got a call from the branch manager. What is this about? Who are you sending this to? I said, I said, with all due respect, this is none of your business. Do you know this person that you're sending it to? Yes. Um, or I mean, how long have you known them? I don't know. A million years. What is it to you? You know. So so again, when you try to pull money out, what is this money for? What? Why are you asking me this? You're the bank teller. I'm not telling you anything. So so uh, and again, remember, you are an unsecured creditor of your bank account. It is the possession of the bank. And I made this I made this comment last night, sort of in in line. You and I've talked a lot about the Smith Munt Modernization Act of 2012, yeah. right? It, it legalized propaganda. It overrides the existing Smith-Munt Act of 1948, which prevented propaganda. So you go, okay, well, that that was doing just fine the way it was. We didn't need to change it, but then Obama decided to change it. And my assumption at the time was that they changed the laws making propaganda legal because they intended to use propaganda, on yeah. you, right? That's a, a reasonable thing. Well, right. in the banking world, they've done something similar. Um, we know about bailouts that happened in, in 2008 with, with Wall Street when Hank Paulson oh, said, God. give me $700 billion or there's going to be a, a riot. So that's when the government gives the bank money to, to bail them out. But they wrote new legislation that is passed for bail-ins. That's when the bank takes the money that's in the bank, in your bank account, takes it for them because they're insolvent. That is now legal. So I, I apply the same logic as the Smith-Munt Modernization Act thing. They wouldn't take the extraordinary step of legalizing bail-ins unless they were planning on doing bail-ins at some point. So if you know this now and it's relatively calm, 
Start to look at your bank, your bank accounts to the extent that you can, get some money out, maybe transfer it into something, transform it from uh, Federal Reserve notes into gold or silver, or Bitcoin or bullets or, or productive farmland or, or, or right. land with water or land with water rights or land with, with whatever, something else. Because if it stays in that bank account, you may think, Oh, that'll never happen. This is crazy. You know, and it is crazy. And maybe it will never happen. But it's now legal for them to do it. And, and, and if you think that it can't happen, I would say just take a look at what happened on the island of Cyprus in the Mediterranean back about 10 years ago. I uh, mostly Russia. And they they closed that. There's like banks closed on Friday. Sat, oh, we've had a bank error. Saturday, Sunday will be open on Monday. Monday comes, it's closed. Tuesday comes, it's closed. Thir Wednesday comes. And they're saying, we're going to have to give all of our depositors a haircut, anything above 100,000 euros. We're going to we're going to take, you know, like 30% of your money. And you go, well, you can't do that. That's illegal. And they say, read your paperwork. Right. Of course we can. It's not your bank account. It's ours. So, so again, the, the, you... If you think that the government won't cross these lines, or if you think that the banks won't cross the lines, they will. They just haven't done that yet. It's something, but it's on their it's on their radar. So act accordingly. This makes it so sickening. This is why we do need a lot of accountability for years back. Because I, I, I you also list in your books all in your book a lot about the Federal Reserve. Also, all the banks owned yeah. by the Rothschild banking family and some of the other families. These banks are. Uh, what I honestly believe, I look back and I think 2008 was the beginning of where we are now, was just this consolidation, consolidation, consolidation to go to the one world banking system. And right now we're at that point. And uh, to bring up the Rothschilds, we see Linda Rothschild out there talking about inclusive capitalism, which I assure you is uh, global communism. Uh, and and the Pope's pushing inclusive capitalism and they have a whole thing. And then Obama's coming out about inclusive capitalism. And I'm sitting there and it has a lot to do with what you're talking about, the rewriting of the banking rules uh, that nobody was paying attention to. Then we had all these executive orders that came out, especially the one that scares me a lot. A lot of people were looking at the IRS one. Um, about the 87,000 agents. But what was on the other side of that that a lot of people weren't looking at that don't dig into a lot of this as much as you do and I do was all of the AI and ledger technology being put in at the IRS and all of this stuff coming through that would basically, it appears, render human interaction with the IRS uh, obsolete. And that you would, you're, you would, there would be no TurboTax, there would be no accountants, there would be no H&R Block. It would be you owe us this and we're taking it. And we might even take it in real time. I mean, all, a lot of the banking rules, people have to understand. That's why I do say silver gold. I see what's happening with Bitcoin. Then you have Jamie Dimon, like, uh, I, they should seize all the Bitcoin. Whatever you're doing, you had some good uh, suggestions there too about water rights, that land that has water rights or other things you can do to barter. Uh, God forbid, going forward, you have a service or something you own or stocked up in ammo. They're going after ammo. Um, something I do want to bring up too that, this is a, that's a great uh, rule of thumb there, Charlie, where you said if they if they put it into legislation after a crisis or, or at some point, uh, they're going to use it. There's no reason any of this is written because a lot of it's written by think tanks like Brookings or Rand or any of them. They, they, they look things out years and years in advance. Now, you brought up Smith Munt, and that was in 2012. You and I have both done presentations on it, talked about it. People should know that are watching this. But. What happened in 2015, and I want to know how relevant you think this is to where we are now, because I think it's very relevant. 
In 2015, Barack Obama signed on to Agenda 2030 and the 17 Sustainable Development Goals. I call them the 17 goals to full track, trace, surveillance, totalitarian technocracy by the globalist elite. But whatever you want to call them, they're sustainable to them, not to us. Um, so Obama signed on to that. I don't think the American people knew about it. And the big buzz was, well, there's you can't you can't. Um, you can't enforce it. There is no authority, you know, and people still don't understand. And I see some of these, I call them Twitter liberties, people with 300,000 Twitter followers or more that people are in everyone's feed and you think that they're right. And I saw one of them one time say, the UN isn't connected to the World Economic Forum. Oh, really? Oh, oh yes, it is. But um, so he signs on to that. If you kind of look at what's gone on in our country since then, and then Trump came in and tried to dismantle a lot of globalist stuff, then then Biden comes in and throws down all these executive orders on day one. They all seem to go along, in my opinion, with the 17 sustainable development goals of Agenda 2030 rather than anything else. A lot of global citizens, all that kind of stuff. I, I recently went over on a show in um, it was actually uh, September 22nd, 2023, when they were having the event in the, the halfway point event in New York City with BlackRock and the UN and Clinton Global and and the World WEF and IMF. They all had a big soiree in New York to celebrate um, the White House. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris White House put out their own halfway to Agenda 2030 documents that are still on the White House website right now where they re reinforce the commitment that Obama made. They even say that Obama made in uh, 2015 for the commitment to the 2023, I mean, 2030 um, agenda. And then they go through each sustainable development goal and what the White House is doing and allocating billions of dollars to all the agencies involved. And I'm sitting there thinking, do the American people not understand? Because I honestly believe at this point, if they take 2024, we're global citizens. Like there is no going back. Yeah, yeah we're going to have big problems um, if they are, if the Democrats run the White House in 2024. And I say that as an anarchist who doesn't really love either either party. But I certainly understand that the Democrats are are. Are, are very much in line with this. And for anyone that says that the United Nations and the World Economic Forum aren't connected, I'll give you a human connection to them, although the human part may be debatable. David Rockefeller was the advisor to Henry Kissinger, and Henry Kissinger was the advisor to Klaus Schwab. Right. So there you go. That that's 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 the chain of command there. Right. And uh, and the World Economic Forum wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for Henry Kissinger and David Rockefeller's uh, assistance and involvement. So this is a and again also, if you think of it like a Venn diagram of interlocking circles, you don't have to be in just one or the other. A lot of these people are members of the World Economic Forum and the United Nations. And so there's there's plenty of overlap there. They want similar things. They're going about it a little bit differently. Um, UN is tackling more of the climate component that 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 side and they're trying to scare you into thinking that the weather is the problem and that you need to be controlled. Just read the limits to growth by the Club right. of Rome, written 50 years ago. It just gives up the entire plan right there. It's just it's undeniable. So you've got them working, worrying about like the climate side of things. You've got the the World Economic Forum working on more of the technology, digital, corporate side of things as well, and then bringing in ESG. But there's overlap between that environmental, social, and governments. Well, the the E and ESG that the World Economic Forum is very much involved in is also the E that's that that the United Nations is working on. So the you've got both of them. They're just they're they're part of uh, 
they're they're one of their heads of the hydra you know there's multiple heads here and and uh but i think that the the united nations gets it, it, look the world economic forum it's so obvious that they're up to no good they have like a bond villain in in charge with the with the totally. with the the german accent and the in the you know i mean he's just he's like straight out of central casting it's almost cartoonish yeah. but the united nations on the other hand they have credibility in the eyes of the world which is which they shouldn't of course Terrifying. but they do right. and and um and I would I would like to remind people since since we're, we are you know like a week uh, uh, on from Kissinger's passing, I would like to send people if they want to go take a look at, at where part of this started. It it's in you can take a look at his uh, December tenth, nineteen seventy four National Security Council Memorandum two hundred. You can look that up. It's declassified now. It talks about how the the United States foreign policy towards the third world is that of depopulation. They call them LDCs, lesser developed countries. They even go on to identify the 13 countries by name. And then they say that they are going to use their uh, the multinational, uh, the, the NGOs like the world or like the uh, World Health Organization and use them to be the people that go into the countries and sterilize the population and offer the birth control preventative measures. They don't want the presidents of the countries to do that because they think it would look bad on them. And they say, well, we'll give you, we'll run cover for you. It won't be your decision. It'll be the the World Health Organization's decision to do this. So, and of course, the World Health Organization is under the umbrella of the United Nations. And so these 17 sustainable development goals fall very much in line with depopulation. They fall very much in line with third world, cleaning up the third world. They'll talk to you about pollution, that they want to get rid of pollution and they want to uh, improve the economy. But they say, we don't have time to wait for that because the population will spiral out of control. Normally, what happens is that we we educate the population and then we bring in uh, birth control and re population reducing, re reducing uh, measures but that takes a generation or two, and we don't have that. So what they said instead, what we want to do is go straight to the depopulation. And you're yeah. like, oh, my God. Like you read this and you're like, this is a blueprint for mass murder. It's a blueprint for genocide. It was signed by Henry Kissinger. He wrote it. So for any of those people that are, oh, I, Henry Kissinger was a, was a statesman. No, he wasn't. He was a bloodthirsty maniac who wanted half the population to be removed from this planet. So that's the United Nations in a nutshell. They think like that. So when you have sustainable development goals, it all sounds nice. Right. It sounds, but it sounds like sounds like a like a fancy timeshare presentation. Yeah. In, until you get to the very end and you realize this is just the sales pitch for global communism, just disguised as something else. And 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 so I think you know, we we we've got to not fall into that trap of feeling guilty about our our human footprint on this planet, our carbon output. And yes, we have to clean up. Uh, we shouldn't be polluting. We shouldn't be throwing trash into the rivers, and we shouldn't be dumping chemicals into the ocean. We shouldn't be doing any of that stuff. And all of that stuff, I am very much opposed to. We've got to clean this beautiful planet up and treat it better. But that's not climate change. Yeah, that's and something all these totally 
Right. And all these people that claim to have the answers at the World Economic Forum or the COP conferences or whatever, they're the same ones doing it. The COP conference just now is hilarious. If you looked at the people that attended, it was like, you got to give me a break right now. That's just ridiculous. Um, but what you're saying right now, the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, you know what I always say, Charlie, and you do a great job. Uh, you're one of the only people that actually laid out the banking side of this. Uh, what people have to also understand about these 17 sustainable development goals, when you ask people, because the UN is is and World Economic Forum, all these people, you, they're expert at using language to fool you into things, yeah. just like the NGOs, into thinking that it's something it's not. But ask yourself, who's enforcing this? Who Who is this uh, global climate tax going to? It's the World Bank. Who is going to be overseeing that there's no poverty? Who is going to be providing the uh, ID from birth? Because somehow not having an I, a digital ID is, is against people's human rights. Who is doing this? And if you look at all of that and you say, who is doing that? It goes right to these people. So when you look, it's kind of like Hunger Games. I, I say that that's what they want, something between Hunger Games and uh, and we were saying and uh, and uh, Minority Report. It's like that crazy how 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 consistent yeah. this is with putting those two movies together for the world. But again, it's not that hard to see that it is a one world uh, globalist billionaire oligarchy kind of plan. I call it the Fourth Reich, and I don't care what anyone says. That is what they are. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like the next question is. Well, who are they? And we still have that stupid thing where people out there were like, who are they? There is no they. I think in the octopus of global control, you don't only lay out who they are. But I feel like most people on planet Earth that are honest and even try to scratch the surface are starting to see who they are, which makes them very dangerous. So, yes, your thoughts on, that's on great, they. <laughs> that, that's a great point, Mel, because as as we get down to this, you know, as you start to box these people in. They're dangerous animals, yeah. and and they're going to feel as if 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 they can't put their plan into action, maybe maybe nobody can. You know, maybe they'll take their ball and go home. This is um, this is why I'm 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 very. I mean, I I want these people to be held accountable, and and obviously the general public needs to know who these are. They need to understand that that the you know multi generational banking dynasties have been involved in this for so long, and and the crown is involved in the yep. and uh, and a lot of people that you know it's almost as if like if you know their name, they're probably not the big fish. You know, the the, the exactly. real big fish are kind of. Out, yeah. out in in the shadows. I know that people can go. Oh, well, that's very convenient for you to not name them. No, I agree well, look. With if that. you want names, if you want names, go look at the committee of three hundred. You know, there's some names for you. There's three hundred names of people that will get. Go look at the one thousand and one club. Go take a look at all the people that are in in that group right there. That's Prince Bernhard's baby. He said, uh, "I'm going to put together a thousand of the most influential people plus myself. That'll make it a thousand and one. We'll call it the thousand and one club." And and so that's a group that's out there in operating in the shadows and when i was writing my kissinger uh episode out boy i mean i got down to all of the ngos and all the groups that he was a, a member of knights of malta council on foreign relations bill he had gone to bilderberg 46 times you know i mean you just go through and you're just like well i mean the, the okay if henry kissinger is a member of this group it's a bad group if 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 Hillary Clinton or and John Kerry are coming to you from the COP28 summit, that's a globalist summit. So again, you, you if you want to know who they are, 
there's a lot of they don't look hide at the summit. They they they, they can't hide it. They, right. they 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 don't. They think that they're safe. You know, they they believe that they are. Uh, you know, they're out there in, in public uh, talking about it with it with with no fear of repercussions at all. That's sort of the thing that that I think the 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 revenge fantasy of this all is that you know somebody will come in and arrest all these people and put them you know and and hold them accountable. It's not that we want like. You know, we just want the bad people to have to face some sort of punishment for their crimes. And uh, I don't know, I don't know how realistic that is given our current system. But if the general public sort of wakes up to this, yeah. if the people themselves wake up to this, we've got the numbers. You yeah. know, and I always tell people, there people are we're talking last night at the event. Like, what do you, what do you suggest? Like, what are some things that we can do? Be difficult. Do not comply with these lunatics. Make it hard for them. I reminded the audience that Nigeria tried to put a central bank digital currency into play last year, and they had half of 1% uptake, even after they turned off the existing currency. What wound up happening was that a third of the country started transacting in Bitcoin instead. So wow. you'll find ways, or they started bartering, you'll find right. ways around it. And, and these guys, you know, we saw it during COVID. Uh, if plan A is we're going to scare everybody with the virus and then they're just going to line up um, to get their vaccines six feet apart from one another and, and standing on a dot, of course, you know, if if that's plan A and you don't get the sort of uptake that you thought you were going to get and then plan B is, well, let's just give them donuts and lottery tickets, that's they 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 don't have a plan B. So so you, you mentioned Agenda 2030. That's a very that's a benchmark year, 2030. That's what they the, everything is tied to that. Right. If we can make it difficult for them, if they've got a 17-step plan for sustainable development, but they can't get off the third plan because we've just thrown a big monkey wrench in it, then it pushes their timeline off. And a lot of things are predicated on that timeline. Well, once this happens, then this will roll in. Right. And if you can screw that up, if you can mess up their schedule. Then you've got something. Then you've got them on the run. And if you've got them on the run, then they make mistakes. And then what you wind up finding is that they don't really have a backup plan. They just assume that everybody's going to do what they're, they're they're told to do because they're psychopathic lunatics that think that they're used to bossing around their underlings. And, and, and everybody in their world does do exactly what they want them to do. But what if the general public just said, we're not participating in this? You right. want to do, you want to do FedCoin? UBI FedCoin, and we have to pay our taxes that way. We're just not going to pay our taxes. And they go, uh, now what do we do? Now what do we do? The, the FedCoin thing isn't working. Well, I don't know. Lottery tickets and donuts and laps around Talladega Speedway worked for COVID. Let's bring that back. I mean, this is the so we have a say in this collectively as a group. We have a say in this. Do not comply with unjust laws. Just don't participate. The person that says, standing in front of the grocery store saying, sir, you have to have a mask on, you walk right past that guy. You make that guy have to go home and cry at night thinking, I, I shouldn't have this job. You, you just make everybody, make it as difficult as you can for these people because it's you have to. It because what are the alternatives? You can't comply with this stuff, right? If you comply with it, then then they're they're only going to be emboldened to continue doing this. It's going to get worse and worse. There's you and I know this. There's no negotiating with these people. No. You can't you can't give there's you know say okay fine I'll just make it stop I'll do what you want make it stop well it'll stop for a minute 
and then it'll start up again. Right. It's, it's like the, it's like when the leftists want you to like come here, take a knee, and tell us that Black Lives Matter, and you're like, oh, Black Lives Matter, and then it's like, and then it's like, all right, am I free to go? Well, now you have to say trans lives matter, and you're like, right. oh, here again, right. you know, it's like it never ends. So never so ends. Never don't ends. participate. Don't comply, and make yourself as as difficult as you possibly can. Yeah, and I want to say because you and I both spent quite a lot of time in Hollywood. It's a microcosm of how these people are. They're really tough. They're really tough, and they're really you know arrogant and all that until they're caught, and then they'll turn on anyone. They will stab anyone in the back. So I honestly think all we need is a few of the big fish to be held accountable, and the whole house of cards falls down. And that doesn't happen if we uh, keep following their lead to wherever they want us to go. Because the whole goal, I think a lot of this too, and I know you do too, and I've recommended uh, Whitney's book many times on this show. Uh, I think a lot of these people at the very, very top are terrified. I think that uh, it's bigger than Donald Trump in terms of their own uh, reputations, their own future. I just saw somebody come out that was helping Fauci, a big, big, I think the assistant of everything, the lockdowns and all that. I can't remember his name. It's with a K. He came out and he said um, that they knew that it was the Institute of Virology in Wuhan, but that he was worried about his reputation and that he was behind the grants for gain of function. I think that's with all of these people. Many of them are implicated, not just in the Epstein crimes, in many, many crimes. Uh, you don't get there for this reason. The, the, the Clinton Global Initiative, Clinton Health uh, whole thing is still out there somewhere. I, I love the Clinton Foundation whistleblowers. They're never giving up. So we also have to remember, we get a couple big fish. They're not, they're weak. They're weak. I saw this in Hollywood a lot with agents that were really mean, you know, to that they treat their assistants terrible and they throw food at them and they curse them out every night and whatever. And then when like, you know, three or four deals fall through and they get fired from the agency, they can't get a job and they don't know why. And then their assistant gets promoted. And then their assistant is like, well, I'll hire you. I'll just torture you now. I mean, it's just this, this sadistic kind of round table that we have to realize these people are our people. They're not superior. They act like it's fake. Go ahead. Last yeah. words. Yeah. Um, we, we, we have a say in this. We, we have a stake in this for sure. And, um, and I think that they are concerned that we're going to catch on to what they've been up to because they know what they've been doing. <laughs> exactly. And, but, and we know what they've been doing, but it's been hidden for so long, but now it's becoming common knowledge you know, the idea that everybody knows who Jeffrey Epstein's name is, they know his name, that's a huge thing. Now, I know there have been no real prosecutions or anything like that, but just the fact that in the back of your mind, you know that there is a concept of, of sexual blackmail that's being run by yes. certain people that 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 entrap politicians and bankers and, and right. high prominent business people, You, it, the fact that you even know that that exists now is is a is a paradigm change because back in the in the 80s and 90s you didn't know that you didn't know you didn't know what you thought the you thought the 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 playboy mansion was just a place for killer parties on saturday nights like you didn't know what was you didn't know that was a honeypot entrapment operation oh well now you do now, don't you get the feeling that there's a little epstein component to that too oh well welcome to the party now now right. you're starting to see things so so yeah. um the there's been an unveiling we need it and uh there's more to come and there's more that people need to learn but i'll tell you what if you're watching this you're already on the right track and i'll tell you you're going to be far you're going to be well down the road uh compared to the general public if you know that this is you know you you know that we're going into uncertain times you plan accordingly you take some preventative measures you act 
proactively instead of reactively. Look, if you're waiting for CNN or MSNBC or Fox News or the BBC to tell you, hey, look, the economy might be in trouble. The dollar is very unstable. Uh, the government is like, if you're waiting for them to tell you that for, for it to become real to you, it's never going to happen. You know, yeah. you're going to have to trust your gut. You're going to have to read this information. You're going to have to find shows like ours that, yeah. that are coming at it from a different angle. And if you do, you will be so far uh, better off than the rest of the people around you. And in the end, I just want what's best for Humanity, humanity, Americans and, and and everyone else. I don't want our governments to make decisions about bombs dropping on us. And I and I think that uh, collectively, if we come together, we can fight later. We can fight with I each agree. other later. Let's prioritize the predator class, work on them, worry about them. And then once they're done, I get the feeling that we won't really have much uh, of uh, too, too much passion to, to fight with our leftist neighbors that just will be unimportant at this point. I agree 100%. It's so funny. I think, and I think of you sometimes when I think of it so much in this uh, Walking Dead and uh, Rick and his team, like the, the the lead group, and I'm watching them. And as they're going, and then they go into places, and the people are kind of living as if nothing's going on outside and nothing's wrong. And they're like, You're weak. You're going to die if you don't learn how to do this and you don't learn how to do that. And everyone thinks they're mean. And then two episodes later, they're absolutely right. And those people are begging to know how to save themselves, how to take care of their family, how to fight. And, you know, it's an extreme example, but that's where we are. So keep pulling people under the tent. I agree with you, Charlie. You know what? Between now and wherever we have to stand together for freedom and sovereignty and our future and our destiny. Uh, after that, we can deal with all the little things that they throw at us every election season. Uh, very important if you have not bought uh, the octopus of global control yet and you do not know how to explain to your friends that who they are. It is probably the best book on who they are and the easiest to read because Charlie Robinson puts their own words on the page. You can't really deny it when you're reading it right out of Quigley or Kissinger or Rockefeller's own mouth. And he does that for you. Charlie, tell everyone where to find you. Uh, he has a new show. Also, if you're watching this on Rumble, please go right after this show and subscribe. Charlie is now on Rumble. It took me a long time. I kept saying, come on over. And he has. So we got to welcome him over to Rumble and wherever else. Tell everyone where to find you. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, if you see me over on Rumble and I've got like 750 subscribers, you've come to the right place. I'm late Great. to the party, but better better late than never. So Rumble cool. is a good place. Rockfin, the, my website, theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com is a good place to do that. You can catch, um, I'm still working out the bugs on my internet, but uh, you, you mm -hmm. theoretically can catch my TNT radio show Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, as soon as I get the all the all that stuff sorted out, it'll be yeah. back on the air. I mean, it took a break today, but uh, whatever. And and of course, you can um, you can catch you can find my books on Amazon or just go to the website. There's information about how to get them there. And I appreciate you, Mel. Thanks so much for having me on. I always enjoy our conversations. Oh, it's always my pleasure. You become uh, one of my friends and one of my favorite people. You know what you and I like. You said to me it, years at, when we first started talking. You said this is a hill worth dying on. Is uh, is making sure that people know the truth. And uh, you do a great job. Uh, please support Charlie Robinson again. Go over to Rumble right now if you're watching me on there and subscribe to him. Uh, Octopus of Global Control. If you have friends that are waking up, uh, I recommend it to people all the time. I would recommend that book as a first step into uh, realizing uh, who they are and being able to fight them. Uh, thank you so much, Charlie Robinson. I will see you soon. The narrative is falling apart, but as it does, there's so much 
of this fraudulent disinformation, misinformation, censorship coming from the globalists. And what we need to do is be focused on the facts, cut through everything, be discerning and get it first and foremost out there to everyone. It is important that you know what is going on. Censorship is getting nuts. You guys know it. There's accounts all over the place that are fake, that are not me. I know you guys send me emails and I really appreciate it. And you report it and it's on Telegram and Instagram and Twitter and they're not me. So I'm super excited to announce We The People with Mel Kay. Be the first to join. It's a VIP community, just you and me behind a paywall, no trolls, no nothing. We get to know each other. I will give you the facts first. I break a lot of stories a long time before other people. We can talk about past, present, future, history, what we're doing now, solutions for going forward, what 2024 is going to look like. I'm going to do breaking news, do a lot of deep dives. I'm going to bring that information to you guys first in a live Q&A every week. So please click the link below and join me over there. We are going to create a community, a community that is censorship proof. It's cancel proof. It's truth. It's transparency. It's on the road to God, country, justice, everything that we want in one place. This is the most incredible, amazing time to be alive. As hard as it seems and as difficult as the battle has been for you guys and definitely for me, all I know is that we all are part of the solution. We are all involved and invested and you guys have the passion that I have. So let's join together on live Q and A's once a week with me, Mel Kay, we the people of the United States taking back this nation. This is so exciting guys. I've been dying to do this and we finally got the technology right. So please join me. Click the link below. Can't wait to get started. Everyone's been asking me what I've been doing because I am in better shape than I've been uh, probably maybe in my life. And I am now thriving and I have so much energy. I'm going around, I'm doing all these tours and I'm doing the show and I'm showing up at small events and big events. And I'll tell you the one thing that's definitely changed my life is superfoods. Mel Cake superfoods. When I got involved with superfoods in the beginning, I was not eating right. I was not sleeping right. I was not, uh, it was mid COVID. So I wasn't really doing much and I was doing a lot of things wrong. And then I found superfoods and it has changed me from the inside out. Not only have I dropped weight, which wasn't even the goal. I really wanted to detox. I wanted to help my immune system. I wanted to make sure I didn't get sick while a lot of other people were and superfoods came into my life and changed everything. I now think about what I'm eating. I don't have cravings. I don't eat late night. There is a whole protocol. It's so easy. It's laid out for you. You take it out of the box. It's there. All your food's taken care of, all your nutrients, all your energy, all your protein. It is an amazing way to change your life from the inside out. Superfoods changes everything. It gives you a protocol. It gives you a schedule. You know what to do. You know what you're eating. You feel great. You look great. Your life's getting better. And the one thing I know is you can go to themelkshow.com, go down to superfoods, and you can start your journey because today is the day. I will tell you, I waited and I waited, and then I started Superfoods, and within three months, my entire life changed uh, for the better, more than I could have imagined. MelKShow.com, go to Partners page, down to Superfoods, and click on the link, and you will find a whole new world that will change your mind, change your body, change your life. So when you get Superfoods, that helps me and helps this show keep going. I cannot tell you how much it's changed my life for the better, and it will yours too. And enjoy the rest of the show. Mel K Superfoods, get over there now. There's no time like the present.